Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're having a great day today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We are here in my office with our Hebrews Bible study. We're in chapter 4. Grab your Bibles and let us be a part of that very minute remnant who not only are students of God's Word, but we are learning to study God's Word and to find God's Word in its righteous context. That is the context of the Word of God, and I'm glad to be learning that in these last days. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We we uh, started last Friday morning on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We started uh, a new series entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And it's uh, it's going to be a great study on the topic of faith. There have been many books written about faith, a lot of good things said about faith according to the Word of God, but there's been a far cry too many books written on that which is not really faith, that which men make up. So we're going to clear up some things over the next few weeks on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, and I hope you'd gather there with us live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. So this morning, uh, I don't know if you can hear the rain beating on this little metal building here, but it's, it's coming down and the Lord's blessing us with some good showers here in springtime. And uh, we're thankful for that. So uh, praise God. Uh, let's get in the Word this morning. It's going to be fabulous as always because the Lord is bringing His people back to the place of Calvary, back to faith in the cross alone. There's where we learn to hear properly and receive properly. If you remember the church in Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, they were rebuked of the Lord Jesus Christ and told they better get back to the place, they better repent and return to the place they could hear and receive. Now this church thought they were hearing and receiving of the Lord because they had a name that they were alive, but Jesus said they'd become dead. So let us consider those things. Let us study those things. When the Lord gets you back to the place where your faith is not, is not you say, yeah, well, my faith has always been in the cross. No, I'm talking about you come back and you, each day of your life, as a student of God's Word, you learn the truths of God's Word in the light of the one who claims to be our light, Jesus Christ himself, and what he did at Calvary to become that light because unless we're experiencing the truth we say we're learning, we're really not learning. We don't learn really, by, we don't fully learn only sitting on a pew or sitting in the front of something listening to someone teach is a very uh, small uh, entrance point for the word learning. The word learn really begins to be experienced in our lives. We learn, we don't learn anything just by hearing. We learn by walking in and experiencing. You can go to church and you can hear the word, but where you learn to apply the truths of the word you heard is in your experiences of life. So let's remember that. Uh, you can watch me ride a bicycle, but until you get on it, you'll never learn how to ride the bicycle. Let's remember that. So we need to 
be students of the word. And like I said, when the Lord, and the Lord is bringing a remnant of his people, all who want to come can come. He's not just picking certain people. He's finding those who are broken and contrite that tremble at his word and they're wondering why things aren't working out. Why is these so many things wrong? I just can't put my finger on what it is that's wrong. And, and, and he wants to reveal to you sound doctrine, sound truth. He wants you to learn to endure sound doctrine. He wants you to walk in the light of his counsel. And if that's what you really want to live in victory, you really want to please him, not just be in a church and be a part of a social gathering, he finds those of his people. He finds them. He recognizes that. And he brings you back to the place where you can hear properly and receive properly. Many of you need to read concerning the church in Sardis. And I'm going to say it again. They had a name that they were alive. My goodness, they were the church that was alive and well worth the drive. But Jesus looked at them and said, you're dead. And you better repent and return to the place you can hear and receive, which means they weren't hearing him and receiving of him. And that's very scary. I was found in that place. And thank God he was able to, many through many hardships and, and things that happened in my life, to get my attention to look back at the gospel, the message of the cross. And when we return there, he pours out the truth. He pours out the truth, not just mental theological words written in the Bible, but he pours out the truth for experience in our lives. And if that's you today, and you've just tuned in and you want to know what we're all about, we're all about experiencing the promises of God that are found in a guaranteed way in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. Done deal. They're there for us. We just need to learn the one place God has offered us to put our faith so that we can have more than a social experience and put on a show socially, but we can walk with God. Experience the, the benefits He daily attempts to load us with and not just declare that we're blessed because we have a bunch of stuff. The Muslims and the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons and the, uh, the, the Hare Krishna and all the folks that live around in the neighborhood, they got the same blessings, material blessings. What do, you, what do we have to show other than what they got, we got? Peace and joy. That's what we have, peace and joy, confidence and boldness in this Christ of ours, this Savior of ours, hallelujah. This testimony on our lips, hallelujah, for all to hear. That's what we have. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. <coughs> Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, let's look at something very important this morning. He, he says here in verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. But if you go back to verse 3, he says, we which have believed do enter into rest. We which have believed do enter into. But here... In verse 11, he's telling us who already have believed to enter into the rest of God, to labor, therefore, to enter his rest. 
lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. This proves to us, those who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, proves to us that we've been far too wrong about what it means to enter. We, we think the inner, we've entered and that's it. Okay, well, I've entered. No, let's go back to verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Believing is how we labor. We talked about it last broadcast that when Jesus, when Jesus was asked, what must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, just believe on the one he sent. Believing in Christ is believing in what he did for you on the cross. Not just to get in, but to continue to labor to enter in to the rest of God, lest any of you, look at verse 11, lest any man fall, you can't fall if you've not some, you're not somewhere to fall from. It's like the church in Ephesus we read about in Revelation. We're teaching these things on Wednesday nights. If you've not tuned in, please do and share them. The church in Ephesus wasn't falling. It had fallen. The word to the church in Ephesus, although you're doing, I see your works, I see your, your labors, I see your patience, I, I see that you're doing everything for the name of Christ, I see that you've not fainted in all of that, I see also that you, you hate the, 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 the deeds of the Nicolaitans, but you've fallen, you're fallen. You're not falling, you have fallen from your first love. Return, repent and return to the place you have Fallen. You're not falling. You have fallen. So important to the Lord. It doesn't matter if we're doing what we're doing right for the name of Christ. Sincerely, without fainting, all the way to the grave. We're not quitting. We're going all the way. We hate false doctrine. If we're not operating from that platform of love, that relationship with Him that we began in with Him, he, he, he warns that he'll take our light away. He'll remove the lampstand. He'll remove that church. That very church that was in Ephesus is no longer in Ephesus. I want you to think about that. To enter into the kingdom, the book of Acts says that we, we who are saved already with much tribulation, we must enter in the king into the king with much tribulation. We entered into Christ when we were born again, but the Bible, the Word of God, calls for us to be found walking in Christ. When you enter into the office, you come in the door, you stand there, well, you're in the office, but are you just going to stand there in the office? No, you're going to want to uh, come in and experience the things that are in the office. Uh, probably number one, the chair. No, number two, uh, the 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 whatever the the bottle of water, uh, a Bible to read, a book, uh, a fellowship. You, once you're in, well, praise God, you're in Christ. But you and I are called to walk in Christ. You're in the kingdom. You you've entered into the rest of God. But now the Bible tells us we're to labor to enter in to that rest, lest any man fall. See, I'm beginning to see in my studies that there are alternatives. 
You, you either see what God's Word says and you weigh it and you find it weighing enough on your heart to go that direction. It's called mixing faith with it and following the Lord through obedience to what He said. Or you, or you, you weigh it and you find, well, I'm just not sure I can trust God on this matter. And that's really where we are. Every word of God He's spoken, we see we should be walking in and we're not. It comes down to this. I just don't believe I can trust God. I just don't believe there is more rest. I just don't believe... No, those are all... It all comes down when we're found disobedient that we just don't really believe that we can trust God that wholeheartedly. I, I, this is real today. It's always real. It's got to be real. I'm not just going to get up here and throw out Greek and Hebrew definitions to make myself look like I have some kind of knowledge. This is real. This thing called Christianity is real. You're a Christian. I pray you are. You're in Christ. Thank God you're born again. You're in the kingdom. But it's time to move forward. It's time to... Now that you're in Christ, it's time to learn to walk in Christ. It's time to learn to run the race. Hallelujah. Let us labor. Look at what the word labor means this morning. I want you in your own time to take the time to look the word up for your own self. You can be encouraged and blessed by this teaching or other teaching, but nothing like you will be when you lay hold for your own self, when you take the time to position yourself in study. Watch this now. Let us labor. The definition really is, and from the Strong's number G4710, to use speed. That is to make effort, to be prompt, earnest, do diligence, be diligent, endeavor, labor, study. Study. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Remember, we enter by believing. Believing what? What we're studying. What we're studying. We're called to be students of God's Word. His Word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Hallelujah. His Word is what's forever settled in heaven. His Word is what brings faith to our hearts for us to mix in our hearts so that we can walk by faith and, and go from faith to faith. Hallelujah. That's how we live as the justified people of God. So let us who have believed and have entered in continue to labor to enter into that rest lest we fall after the same example of unbelief that we read about in chapter 4 and especially chapter 3. That the people of God, let me say that again, the people of God fell in the wilderness and fell away. They, they, they didn't believe God. The Bible says, and I have to say it again today, in Hebrews chapter 3, the Lord says they never knew His ways. They always erred in their heart, never learning His ways. They, they didn't just rebel against God, uh, uh, telling God He was a liar and that we really couldn't take the land. When God says, I've given you the land, and you say we can't take it, God hears those coming to Him as words you're a liar, God. You don't know what you're talking about, God. I don't care what God says. We can't take the land. If God says you can take the land, 
and you believe God is God and God can't lie, He knows everything, He knows if you'll just walk forward, He'll give you the land, and yet you say, I can't, you're calling God a liar. I can't be obedient. I can't go to church. I, I can't be a student of the Word. I just got this and that. And I, you're calling God a liar. You're t really telling God He's not trustworthy. He's not. I'm just not sure He's faithful enough, trustworthy enough for me to devote my heart's faith in what He's told me in his word. I don't want to be found there. We've all been there. We all struggle at times with just believing that God is worthy enough. He is trustworthy enough. He's faithful enough. He, he has never been wrong. And if his word gives us direction, listen to me today, he can't be wrong. If he's leading you this way, tomorrow he won't show up and say, oh my goodness, I messed that all up. No, that's what we do. He has never done that. He can't do that because he knows all of your tomorrows, all of your years, all of your millenniums, all of your the future, every detail in it, every, every single thing about all of the tomorrows that ever will be. He knows about them. He cannot give false direction. His word is our direction and he cannot fail. He does not change his mind. He does not change his word for his word is him. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. God does not change. His word does not change. You can depend upon him. Hallelujah. And when we find ourselves unfaithful to different aspects, different directions that God's Word gives us, our excuses are nothing more than God really doesn't know what He's talking about for me. We exalt ourselves like God really doesn't know what I'm going through. God's direction for me won't work. That's ultimately telling God He's a liar. He's a liar. Being in church really won't help me. Being a, becoming a student of the Word really won't help me because really we're going to do what we think helps us. We're going to do, let me say it again, we're going to do what we think helps us. And until we learn that God knows best and we give Him our heart, we say, I gave the Lord my heart when I was 15 years old. Does He still have it? That's the question. Does He still have it? You entered into that rest through belief, but are you still entering in or have you fallen? You see, that's one thing the church has not been very well taught on, that we can fall, we can be dead, we can fall away. We All we hear when those topics, those, those things are close and should be being taught, all we hear God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That's right. He'll be right there with you when you fall. He'll be right there with you when you're dead. He'll be right there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But you got to understand you can leave him and forsake him. You can walk away from him. He won't walk away from you. See, but the church has never heard these things. The church has just been on one side of this coin. And that's where all, a lot of the false doctrine comes from. The, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That's 
right. Praise God. Hallelujah for that. But you can walk away from Him. You can forfeit. You can fall from grace. And Christ can't profit you at all. Read Galatians chapter 5. Read the whole book of Galatians and see its purpose. Let us labor, therefore. That means there's something actually inexperienced taking place. It's called believing. I'm not believing in the Lord because I say I am. I'm believing in the Lord if I'm found entering on into that rest. Let me say that again. I'm not believing in the Lord just because I did one time believe in the Lord. To believe in the Lord is an ongoing now. Faith is. Yesterday, yesterday's faith is gone forever. You're in the kingdom if you're born again. You're in Christ. But will you use that measure of faith the Lord dealt you, Romans 12, 3, to keep to stop thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. And you know, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought is not going around with a puffed out chest exclusively thinking we're better than everybody in the community. Thinking more highly of myself than I ought to is not trusting in the words of God. Exalting my knowledge, my thoughts above the very knowledge, the words of God. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Please don't sit there today and say, I can't fall. You can fall. Take heed when you stand, lest you fall. That's to Christians. There's a lot of things we've just not heard that we should have been hearing all along. And I I ultimately believe the Lord is showing me right now the last several weeks that He's bringing a remnant, all who will choose to come, back to the place where they tremble at His Word. And the reason there's so much heresy in the church today, one of the main reasons is because when we read something in the Scriptures that causes our hearts to tremble, which is, by the way, what God says he's looking for, contrite and broken spirit who trembles at his word, that's the man he's looking upon. And when we change the meaning of Scripture to remove the the, the trembling heart, then we also remove that which God looks upon, that which allows God to look upon us, to tend to us. A lot of false doctrine has come into the church in the name of, not not realizing it right out in front while they're doing it, but to take away the trembling of heart that God desires you and I have. Our hearts tremble at His Word. That means we we study the Word of God. We, We weigh it out and we find it heavy, heavy in our hearts, heavy enough to lead us in that direction because we love Him. And there's a respectful, a reverential evaluation of God. And He is worthy. He is faithful, trustworthy. I can go the way He's leading me. We can take the promised land. We can enter on in to His rest. I can fall from grace. I can walk in a place where Christ no longer profits me. I can be called dead as the church by Jesus Christ. I can fall away. In a place of unbelief. I can depart from the living God with an evil heart of unbelief that Hebrews chapter 3 warns me, a Christian, of. 
Don't change that to say that's only to this group of people like the, uh, the, the grace, false, re, false grace revolution, that hyper grace Joseph Smith stuff that says 1 John chapter 1 is not even to Christians. My Lord, let me tell you something. The Bible says lost people can't understand the Bible. They can't discern spiritual things. You've got to be on guard. You have to learn, you and I have to learn to endure sound doctrine. Endure it. That means everything is going to come against what would, everything is going to come against you enduring sound doctrine. Paul told Timothy, there will come a time when the people of God will no longer endure sound doctrine. If we're not enduring sound doctrine, then we're not going to be able to enter on into the rest of God. That only happens through believing sound doctrine. I hope this is helping you today. It's helping me. Watch this now. Verse 11, let us labor, that means believe, diligently believing, diligently being studious in the Word of God, diligently following Christ, not saying we are, but found in the experience. Not making something up to believe I'm in the experience, but according to faith. We walk by faith. We go from faith to faith as long as the righteousness of God's Word is being revealed to us in the Gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Nobody, nobody is going from faith to faith unless the righteousness of God's Word is being revealed to them in the Gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Very sound, concrete, absolute doctrine. You can count on it. If you'll study the Word of God, sit under preachers preaching the Word of God in the context of righteousness, which is a constant pointing to the righteous King and the righteous work He did at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit will be able to apply the, the words of righteousness to your heart and the fruit be what it should be. The fruits of righteousness as you're found on the path of righteousness, learning to seek Him and His kingdom kingdom and His righteousness first, and you are learning to love His righteousness. You are learning to hunger and thirst after His righteousness as His words, all of His words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and you are learning to love that righteousness, to hunger and thirst for that righteousness, which is really ultimately Him appearing in your life because it takes Him to bear His fruit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. This is the day for the Lord to impart truth into our hearts. Glory to God. To awaken His people unto righteousness. Watch this now. Let us labor diligently be found hastily running after Him through study and prayer and being found believing upon Him and that great sacrificial work carried out for us at Calvary for that is the righteous work that brought us the assurance and the stillness of soul and the peace that we have today. Lest any man fall, here's that alternative, You'll labor to keep entering in or you'll fall away. Even if you think you're laboring to enter in, if you don't know what that really means, you'll fall away. Even if you don't think you've fallen away, you'll fall away. You've got to remember the church in Sardis. They, they, they were a church that had a name that they were alive, but the Lord told them they were dead. 
The church in Ephesus, my goodness, they were laboring and working and sincere about it, doing everything they did for the name of Christ, and they weren't fainting, they weren't giving up, they were marching on. But they weren't doing it from the platform of their first love, and because they weren't there functioning from that relationship that comes only through faith, acknowledging today Faith in the cross, that's where this relationship of love began. That's where it was manifest to us at Calvary, preached to us through the gospel, accepted by us in faith from our hearts as we believed unto that righteousness. And that love relationship began and everything the Holy Spirit was able to do, those first works He began in us, took place because we stepped into that love of God. Not some feeling and emotional thing, although we had plenty of them, but that truth of the gospel that we believed. Hallelujah. And uh, in the next broadcast, we will move on into uh, the endeavor here of tying verse 12 with verse 11 because laboring to enter on in to the rest of God to prevent us falling after the same example of unbelief from those who have been the people of God who've gone before us. It's going to take the Word of God, which is quick, alive and powerful, sharper than any other two-edged sword. And one of the mentioned in the Word of God, one of the mentioned other two-edged sword is false doctrine. But God's Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We'll look at that in the next broadcast Monday morning. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. For the Word of the Lord is alive. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. I'm so glad you found us on YouTube or Facebook or however you found us. Be sure and share these broadcasts with others. They need to hear God's Word being delivered in its righteous context. The whole church needs to hear God's Word being delivered in its righteous context because in the New Covenant we are able ministers of the New Covenant if our faith is in what the new covenant is, and Jesus said the new covenant's in His blood. Glory to God. And we are ministers of righteousness. That's what the new covenant is. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and shout for joy. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you again. Don't forget in the morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, we will be moving on into our teaching entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And tomorrow will be part two. We love you. Don't forget to pray for us and sow into the good ground that's pouring into your life the great truths of God's Word. You can do that by giving at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can type the word, text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.